welcome to the Strictly Personal Podcast. I'm J.P. Batum, your host. Our theme, our message is intended to be a wide-open forum, hopefully thought-provoking, but at the very least entertaining. My father, the late John Batum, Hall of Fame broadcaster, started the Strictly Personal Commentary Show back in the late 90s. This is my attempt to keep that going. Throughout the many podcasts, I will be highlighting different audio clips of his broadcast history. I hope you'll enjoy that. Our commentary, relevant and interesting, all the while we will be hosting different guests along the way. All of the commentary provided is strictly personal. And with all of that, let's get started. My guest today is Jody Zidor. And Jody and I go back about four years through met through some mutual friends and have become good friends since that time. I'm not going to give much more away than that. We'll wait till he joins us here on the show. In the meantime, let's listen in on John Battle. Canadian hopes rest with Elfie Schlegel and Sherry Hako, along with Warren Long and Jean Chouquet. Barry Clark, coach of Canada's World Cup soccer team, sounded off yesterday in Fort Lauderdale, where the Canadians are preparing for their match against the United States tomorrow night. Clark has made it clear he wants New York Cosmos' Bruce Wilson. But the Cosmos, who have released five American players for the U.S. team, have not been too receptive to letting Wilson join the Canadians. They say he can play the game all right, but he can't be around during the week for practice. The only problem is the Cosmos are in Europe, and Wilson has a long flight to get in time for the game. Clark went after the Cosmos for their stand, suggesting sabotage. He also went after his own boss, Eric King, the executive director of the CSA, for not pushing hard enough to get the talented Wilson. Clark says King should have told the Cosmos they couldn't play in Canada if they didn't release Wilson. The football rivalry continues in Toronto tonight as York Yeoman take on the University of Toronto Varsity Blues at Varsity. The Yeomen are looking to make a playoff spot. Tomorrow it'll be Waterloo at Laurier, Western at McMaster, and Windsor is at Guelph in the college football schedule. That's our look at sports. I'm John Badham. Have a good day. Jody. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm okay. So what's going on? You, uh... You're working from home, and so, anyways, I was uh, wondering. I was thinking back. I was going to say I don't remember how you and I actually met. Like, I. You know, it's 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 funny you say that because in preparation for this, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Our friendship dates back three three years, maybe four. Three four years, yeah. I guess three it's, four. Yeah. And I have to think it was through some of our mutual friends at one of those local watering holes that we once. Um, yeah, I think it was probably met at the Tin Cup, and then in, then saw each other in various water holes from there. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think we've developed a pretty good, strong, bonded friendship between us. Um, yeah, things and couple things in common. We both like to drink at water holes. We're both <laughs> aficionados, and <laughs> exactly. I was I was going to say we're both good golfers, but I think that only applies to one of us because every time we've been on the golf course, you've seemed to have kicked my butt. So, oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah. That, they must have had some good rounds then. <laughs> oh, you're so you're you're so humble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are so humble. I, I haven't I haven't played uh, played too much good golf, but uh, that that's just the way it is nowadays. I don't. Uh, I actually go out now and I I try not to even think about my score. I used to be so competitive. I'd get so worked up on the golf course and I wouldn't enjoy it at all. So now I try and take a different approach, but. Uh, well, I know we yeah. got out a couple times last year, and then I think we were out, what, early on this year, early season, we got out to Glen Abbey. Yeah, that, that, and that was a good day. We we had a good day out there, didn't we? 
that was good value. You know what? I think it was like $100, maybe $110. I think we had great weather. We got paired up. So today we got paired up with another, uh, like with a father-son, I think, combination, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. um, Nonetheless, it was great weather. The Abbey's always a fabulous course. And, um, you know, what we're talking about, the Abbey, what's uh, what's the latest being an Oakville resident native? on uh, them tearing that thing down and bulldozing it. Have you heard anything from... You know what? I haven't I haven't heard any updates, and I wonder if maybe... Well, I know they're still probably going to do it, but it might be pushed yeah. pushed off maybe another year or two before they start ripping it up. But, the, yeah, the Glen Abbey, whether they tear it up and build homes, and that's the plan, but... Uh, I really hope they don't because it's. Uh, I like. I I live pretty close. I can walk from my place to there, and it's. Uh, it's 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 nice to to walk around there. It's you know I'd hate for that to be gone. But anyways, can't control. To me, to, to me when you think Glen Abbey, and I think as you know, I lived. I once lived there for about twenty years, and I'm just five minutes away now over the border into Burlington. But uh, you know what? When you think when you think Glen Abbey is a community, the first thing that comes to mind is the golf course. Yeah, and I think the golf course is Glen Abbey, and Glen Abbey is the golf course. So it would uh, it would be a real shame uh, yeah. for them to do anything to that because there's so much history there. Uh, it's a beautiful course, whether it be for young kids, whether it be for guys like you and I that enjoy getting out. And as we know, the professionals, the pros, have played there many, many times. There's been some big name golfers that have come through that course. Yeah, that, and that gives it that that you know the history there makes it kind of neat to just to have there and and, and play it is i always find it's kind of and i and i started i my first i think back some of my first early games i used to play was when the the original old Glen abbey my my dad used to take my brother and i out there and to be living here now is almost a little bit surreal because back then we lived out in north york and we'd make the trek across to to play here mm-hmm. it was a big thing back then but uh yeah, so it's kind of the old original. I'm not, I'm not well, sure. it was right now the one here has been uh, designed in uh, by Jack Nicholas. The original Glen Abbey was not. It was a different, little bit different course, and so Jack Nicholas came in, I think, back in the s- mid to late seventies, and uh, he designed redesigned the course, and they built a new clubhouse and and redid the whole. Well, yeah. I wasn't aware of that part of the history of it. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you just said you, you, you go back 20 years. So let me just ask you a quick question because, I mean, I, I think I might have asked you this before, but uh, Jody Zidor, the, the last name Zidor, what, what's the background of that name? That name, it is, uh, it is not Italian. It's not a common name, though. It's not Irish. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not Irish. It, it is 100% Ukrainian. Oh, it's Ukrainian. We are 100% Ukrainian, and we are what I would call bad-practicing Ukrainians <laughs> because we've never practiced the language. We've never adopted the culture. But I'll tell you, the three or four times of the year that you get together with family to eat and feast and chow down, man, I tell you, we love being Ukrainian because we just we inhale some of the best cabbage rolls and pierogies and kvassa and borscht soup and everything else that – being Ukrainian or being a Polish is kind of famous for. So, yeah, we have a very much a uh, mom and dad are both from Western Canada. Yeah. And I have to think somewhere along the family tree, somewhere along the family tree line, uh, you know, do, do date back to, you know, ancestors that came over from, I guess, now what is that part of Europe. But, uh, yeah, mom and dad are from, uh, are from uh, Winnipeg. 
big Ukrainian population in Manitoba, uh, outside of an extent. Yeah, there, there is a lot out west. You're right, a lot of Ukrainian population. And, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Saskatchewan, so I know, I know a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I have fond memories of going back to uh, Manitoba. My, my, my grandparents have been long gone right. and watching Danums for many years, but I have vivid memories of when I was a kid and a very young teenager, somewhere around 10 or 12 or 14 or 15, being there in the dead of winter, pulling up to a red light at a traffic intersection. And, and, and the plows had come by, but all they really cleared away was the snow. And all you could see was two tire marks, or at least the, the brown, very different than here in the GTA in Ontario where they clear the whole, where they clear the whole road. Yeah. All that was left was, you know, the tire lines, or at least the marks where the, where the, where the cars continue to go forward. And once you stopped at the uh, intersection, once you stopped at the red light, because it was so darn cold there, the steam, the exhaust from everybody's car. Yeah. Within seconds, you couldn't see around you. It was like a fog had set in because it was just so darn cold. And uh, the other piece of that is uh, in and around the same time with uh, grandparents, uh, specifically grandmothers at that time, I have vivid memories and you can still see it in my mind of... Uh, of the grandmas and my mom being in the kitchen with flour flying everywhere, and, yeah. Uh, you know, with the yeast and uh, and uh, and everything was going in terms of making the cabbage rolls, making the pierogies, and man, I'll tell you, ate like uh, ate like there's nothing wrong. Oh, and I love cabbage rolls and I love pierogies. I'd be, I'd be right at home there. And you know, you you, um, you you seem to have really fond memories of uh, your childhood back then. I mean, I'm I as well. I mean, I remember some of my most fondest winter memories for some reason do are in Saskatchewan when I was a kid because of the snow back then just seemed to be unbelievable. The winters we'd have, and uh, I I I sense that you have uh, sort of the same thing. You have the same memories of that. Yeah, um, you know, ironically, I probably have more memories. Well, I shouldn't say more memories, but let's say I, I, I've, I've got very vivid, vivid memories, yeah. fond memories of uh, making trips back there to see grandparents. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as I say, the, the, you know, the most memorable ones that I think will be etched in my mind are the winter ones, A, because it's so damn cold. <laughs> um, a hell of a lot colder here. It's yeah. the old Portage and Maine thing yeah. in Manitoba yeah. in the middle of winter. And as I say, the, the roads weren't cleared other than just, you know, tire tracks where you drive down. And because it was so darn cold, yeah. you pull well, it's true. They're not, those areas aren't known for their summers. But uh, so you mentioned, your, you mentioned your grandparents, your parents. And uh, so what's the extent of your family, brothers and sisters? you have any brothers or sisters? Small family, just one brother. Um, okay. We've got a very, very small family. Um, just one brother. Uh, Mom and dad are both gone. They're, uh, they're our guardian angels watching down on us. Brother is, uh, brother is here in Burlington, not too, too far away. And uh, he professes to be a better golfer than I am. <laughs> but, but we all know that that is not the case. He, older brother or younger brother? Younger. He's four years younger than I am. Four years younger brother. And so what brought your parents here to Ontario? Apparently the storyline goes, and I remember Dad telling me this when we were young, is Dad came here for work. Okay. Um, being, being in his late teens, I guess, early 20s, I remember him as a... Uh, I, re I remember him telling me when I was young that he came here to find work. Um, he speaks to being in his late teens, early 20s, him and a buddy, maybe a buddy or two, jumping on the train, 
at that time it was probably a five-day, seven-day train ride from Winnipeg to Toronto. Oh, okay. Did he, did he meet your mother here then? No, they were. I was going to say that they they apparently the storyline goes is they were dating. Okay. In, uh, in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. And I guess dad leaves with his friends. And I guess within a month or maybe two, right. um, and a couple of her lady friends followed as well, and the rest is history. So, ah, okay. Uh, dad came here seeking employment. Mom followed dad, and uh, then they went off and had two get two two kids. One of which is just absolutely really good, and the other one thinks he's a better girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you came to Oakville, or do you were you somewhere else before Oakville? No, born and raised uh, in Etobicoke. I know. Oh, Etobicoke. Uh, yeah, my brother and I were both born in um, what was at that time called the Queensway Hospital. Yeah. Just across the road from uh, from Sherwood Gardens. We lived down in South Etobicoke, right on the water. Right. And uh, for me, I uh, my first house that I then bought, which was in my early to mid-20s, was in uh, in Aaron Mills in, uh, in Mississauga. Uh, eventually then got married and moved further west out to Oakville. Uh, now here in Burlington, and I continue to go west and west and west. And I think one of these days I'm going to be heading down the Windsor route to Detroit if I continue to go west. But uh, no, that's kind of the storyline. Born and raised here in the GTA, and I understand that there's not too many people that can say that you know the roots were established here in the Toronto area because I know people that I've met along the years, um, you know, speak to maybe like yourself where they were born in different parts of the yeah. country and then moved here. Yeah. Or people that moved here and then said the heck with the GTA and then they got out. So yeah. Um, well, we've, uh, we've kept our roots here. You, uh, I, and I know you have lots of interest in sports because we talk sports and watch a lot of sports. So what's, what's your sports background? I mean, how did you get into so much, uh, liking so much sports, uh, and stuff? What, uh, what did you, as a kid, did you play a lot of sports or? Yeah, I did, and I would, point, I, I would, you know, to answer that question, I would kind of point finger towards parents getting me involved in sports at a young age. Um, you know, I guess a number one, being a boy, being a young boy born in Canada, it's the law. You have to learn how to skate. You have to learn to play hockey. Right. And I think playing hockey, playing ice hockey, was one of the uh, the early sports that I got into. And I can also remember playing what back then was box lacrosse. Oh, yeah. Uh, Playing, playing box lacrosse in South Etobicoke, and my brother played uh, box lacrosse. Admittingly, I think I was a better hockey player, and I know he was a better lacrosse player. And he um, he played lacrosse for many years with a guy out of Nemico with the last name of Shanahan, first name Brendan. <laughs> for those Toronto Maple Leaf fans, uh, you will know who that person is. But uh, they were they were best of friends, best of buddies growing up. Played on the same team. Um, they were two kids that won a lot of lacrosse games and tournaments and trophies and the list goes on. So, um, and other than that, I tried playing, I think a little bit of high school football, but that really wasn't for me. And, you know, hockey and lacrosse were, I think the, the two sports that I certainly played and excelled in. But as I got older, I eventually had three boys of my own, got them involved in sports. We have, I think, tried every sport known to mankind, um, from soccer and baseball to Lord knows what else. And, Two of my kids went on to become what I would say is very good rep-level hockey players. Um, yeah. One received a very bad injury that kind of brought his rep career to an end a couple of years ago in terms Yeah, of I can I can remember you going out to a lot of the games when we first met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'll have some very fond, vivid memories of those games and, 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 you know, and that time of my life and theirs. 
uh, there was times that it was challenging, it was frustrating. You, you, you got three kids playing on a on a given Wednesday night or on a Thursday night, and it was expensive. But you know what? Now that that era of my life and theirs is gone, yeah, there's an element that you know that you miss it. Yeah, um, it was very entertaining. I'll tell you, there's nothing more gratifying than watching your own kid, your own flesh and blood, grow up, teaching the skate, teaching the rules of the game, and you just watch him. But as he gets bigger and stronger year after year, how he excels and gets that much better. And in fact, the number of kids that my son played with, my youngest, who was born in 2002, there's a number of kids that he played with. It's the O2 draft year right now this year into the NHL, and there's a couple of kids in Oakville that are probably. Yeah, I think they're guesstimated to go in the third, maybe fourth round. So it's going to be kind of cool from my kid's perspective that a couple of kids that he grew up with and played hockey with appear to be getting drafted into the NHL. And I know they still remain best of friends and buddies. And I continue to encourage my kid that even though, you know, he's continued his hockey, but you've, you've, you've stopped yours. Keep that friendship because it'll, I mean, it's those friendships that are just going to go on forever. And it's, it's going to be really cool to kind of watch and follow these kids over the next a couple of years yeah. as they embark into their NHL career. Yeah, start to live vicariously through some of these kids. It's kind of neat to watch that. <laughs> now, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to come up against you in hockey. You're you're not a small guy. I mean, uh, you're what, 6'3"? Yeah, I'm 6'3", and I have been, I think, since birth. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Being from Manitoba, no. yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been 6'3", since as long as I can remember. My my youngest is just about to turn 18, and he's been 6'3", for, well, no, he's 6'2 and a half. He's been 6'2 and a half for a good year to a year and a half, so it's probably my mid-teens that I, you know, went past six feet, and... Um, yeah, I was I was a left winger. Um, a lot of people, I know, I tried. I think playing every position, Jeez. and um, I think just based on size, a lot of people said, "Oh, well, there's a hell of a strapping defenseman." But, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I kind of excelled. I think more on the left wing. I'm, I'm a left-handed shot and enjoyed it. And um, I got a lot of fond memories of going to tournaments in Detroit and Buffalo and. Uh, you know, here I am now, some 30 or 40 years later, whatever the math is. And, uh, you know, over the last uh, two decades, I've taken my kids to some of those same trips that I went on. So it was kind of cool to experience that. Yeah. So. Well, uh, you mentioned your kids. Now, I know that one just was at a university uh, kickoff party and got himself into uh, a little bit of uh, trouble. What uh, what happened there? I guess... Uh, you had to bring that up. I had you? to bring that up. That's, that, that's, Jody, that's big news these days, you know. Yeah, no, and you know what? All kidding aside, I was going to uh, I was going to mention this and that, and you know, uh, COVID just in terms of, of the subject. So, my uh, my youngest kid, uh, seventeen, soon to be eighteen. Um, oh, so got, it's your uh, your youngest one. Yeah. yeah, it's my youngest one. He uh, he was accepted in the Laurier. Uh, Mom and dad moved him down there about three, maybe three and a half weeks ago, uh, whatever it was. And uh, he was one of the kids that uh, made some local press headlines in terms of attended a party down in London, Ontario, a lot of university, Western Ontario kids. The party that my kid went to on a Saturday night probably had some 50 to 60 kids. And I understand probably about half of them are from the Oakville area. Wow. They're all friends, they're all <laughs> buddies, they're brothers, they're sisters, they're siblings, there's boys, there's girls, etc. And I guess the storyline goes, it was rumored that maybe one kid or two kids had COVID coming in. Why those kids went there, I will never understand it. But my kid went and attended on the Saturday night. 
woke up back in his residence on Monday morning feeling under the weather, feeling very much under the weather on Tuesday. And then, um, you know, all said and done, he had somewhere just over 48 hours. He had somewhere between two and three days of going through what I would call mild flu-like symptoms. Tired, fatigued, aches and pains, low-grade fever, uh, sore, scratchy throat. That lasted for two and a half days. Um, he was smart enough, him and his buddy, that went down there to go get tested at the local um, Waterloo Hospital. He got tested on Wednesday. I picked him up on Thursday, and he's been under he's been under quarantine um, with me here since Thursday. We got the we got the results a day later that he did test positive. So mm. he has tested positive. I think if we do the math, it, uh, I think he's on about day nine okay. uh, in terms in terms of his quarantine. Um, he's been at the house here with me. And he uh, he hasn't left. Uh, tonight we were sitting outside having a plate tea. He's back to one hundred percent. So yeah, I was going to say he's feeling he's, fine though. He's been he, yeah yeah Paul. He's been he's been resilient. He's bounced right back. And I guess the storyline goes for a lot of these other kids uh, that were down there again, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. Same thing. Flu-like symptoms last for forty-eight, maybe seventy-two hours. They bounce right back. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I've had a number of chats over the last few days. A, number one, I've learned more about the illness and the disease in the last couple of days than I have in the last six months. I went and got tested myself and just as a precaution because the illness is in my house. And I'll tell you the emotional toll of the first couple of days. A, number one, I was concerned for my kid. Number two, I was concerned um, of uh, a viral spread, knowing that it was in my house, but right. like anything else. It is a virus. Uh, you don't know where it is. You don't know what it looks like. So I was busy sanitizing 24-7 <laughs> and, uh, and trying to keep the kid, you know, quarantined behind plastic sheets and, you know, walking around with gloves on and, you know, everything but a hazmat suit. But, you know, the, yeah. the good news is now that the, the, the worst is certainly long behind them. And, and the worst was pretty mild. And I'm hearing the same thing for a lot of these kids that have gone through this, that, um, you know, nobody's nobody's been deathly ill. Nobody's ended up in a hospital. Nobody's on a respirator. And and you know, it's interesting. I've had a lot of talks with people the last couple of days. That at first we heard of the of, uh, of the elderly, um, a lot of people in Europe, a lot of people, elderly people in Italy that were dying that were on respirators. And you right. know, as this thing kind of surfaced somewhere around the world, um, you know, we certainly heard the horror stories. It appears that we are in a second wave right now. I think Trudeau declared that, or Ford declared it yesterday, or the day before, as the numbers continue to grow up or as they continue to increase. But uh, luckily enough for me, and at least uh, the kids that my son hangs out with, they've... Uh, they've yeah. Did you get your results yet? Or you said you went and got tested as well? Yeah, I got mine a few hours ago, and I am negative, so hallelujah to that. Yeah, okay, I, uh, I figured I, uh, you would be. Been, yeah, yeah, I mean, I took a lot of precautions uh, when I went and picked him up, and for the first uh, you know number of days that he was here in the house, he... He stayed in his own area, his own bedroom, he had his own bathroom, and he didn't come out. And I just did it as a precautionary measure, just yeah. to uh, well, just to be on the safe side. So I did. I got tested a couple of days ago, and uh, you know what's interesting is at least here in the GTA. So you watch the press, you watch the news, the local media. I don't know about you, but I've seen lineups at Credit Valley Hospital, lineups around the, around the block at well, I've heard this. hospitals, etc. Yeah. And I heard that people were waiting at these drive-in places or walk-in places for hours and hours and hours. 
I went on HaltonHealthcare.com, being a resident in Halton. You can book an appointment at one of the three area hospitals online. I was fortunate enough to have booked it on Sunday, got an appointment Monday, the next day at 5.20. By the time I got in there, registered in, had the very uncomfortable five-second test, <laughs> and was out. I was in and out in 15 minutes. So it's absolutely incredible. At Halton Healthcare, they got it figured out, and if anybody needs to... Get that done in Halton. Encourage anybody to go on to haltonhealthcare.com and just simply book it online because, as I say, my experience, I, I got in in 24 hours and from the time I pulled into the parking lot to have it done, uh, cleaned up, did all the registration and whatnot, it was 15, maybe 20 minutes max. But certainly, certainly very different from, uh, you know, what you're seeing in the press and the media in terms of so, so do you think the do you think Jody? You think the lineups are due to the fact that people are not feeling well and they want to get tested, or just they just care, want to get the test done and, and and know? Like it just seems odd that there's all these these people lining up to get tests. Well, you know what, Paul? With back to school, I have to think that every sniffle and every runny nose yeah. that comes home, people are probably panicking. Little Billy or little Johnny goes to school and comes home with a stuffy nose. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, I have to think maybe people are panicking, and, and you know, and rightfully so. I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a lot of more heightened awareness around the second wave. Certainly, as the numbers are increasing in Ontario, so yeah, they were up over four hundred again today. So I heard that. I heard mm -hmm. that. So I don't know exactly what they're attributing it to. Um, I know when you listen to Ford and to Minister Elliott, they are trying to set a new record. I think they want to get to a point where they can test 50,000 Ontario citizens a day. And the last I heard, I think they're hovering in the high 30s, 38, 39, maybe somewhere around there. But well, then I, then I almost also wonder, is the test, is the numbers going up because their testing has gone up too? That would be a Trump argument, wouldn't it? Uh, well, you would think. I mean, you would think that the more people you're testing, the more we're going to test positive, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so could be a combination of the two. It'd be interesting to do the math, and I guess uh, lately what I've heard, and I even saw something come across one of the, I think it was Yahoo News or Google News today, that I think they're close to announcing the deal with provinces with the likes of Shoppers Drug Mart and Rexall, where you'll be able to go in oh, there. Oh, that's right. Some, I did hear that. Yeah, that, that's a smart thing. I think that would be good. I think it's very similar to how you can now go into a Shoppers and get the flu shot, but in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to go in there and get tested. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be the same procedure where they where they go up in through your nose, which is very, very uncomfortable. Well, I, I, think it's going to, I think it's going to be more of a saliva swab from inside the mouth kind of test, maybe similar to what they do if you know when you get yeah. strep throat or something. Yeah, the nose one's not one you, you, you look forward to at all. Have you, <laughs> have you had it done? I've, yeah, it? I've had the nose one done. I had it back in June uh, uh, to get tested and... Um, yeah, probably, I, probably I some like of it. the most uncomfortable <laughs> five or seven seconds I've had in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's over quick, but boy, does it, it, the memory doesn't fade. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that's uh, well. I'm glad that your son's feeling uh, a lot better, and you're 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 good, and so that's good news. That uh, it's always a little um, alarming when you hear that kind of stuff going on, uh, especially now. Yeah, that, for sure. Uh, now that this well, the second wave is on, upon us and everything else. So, uh, so what's go, what else is going on? What are you, you you're uh, you're working from home like the rest of us pretty much. Um, you're working with Hitachi, uh, Hitachi, and uh, what is it you do with them? 
So I'm in sales. I'm a sales guy. Sales of uh, IT-based software solution, IoT devices, smart city devices, etc. So I'm a sales guy. Yeah. And um, you know, before the um, before the pandemic broke, as a lot of salespeople in IT do, and we'll probably work it from home fifty percent of the time. <coughs> Excuse me. Where you know half the time was at home, half the time was out meeting clients and you know, getting on the highway, driving downtown or, you know, to different parts of the province and, and so forth. But, uh, of course, now since, you know, middle of March, it's been 100% at home. Um, and it's only been in the last, I don't know, maybe four weeks, five weeks since we've gotten to phase three that, you know, we can at least get out and enjoy a game of golf, whether it be you and me or whether it be, you know, me and a client. And I think maybe you've done some of that as well, too. Um, or, you know, we've, uh, I've had a couple um luncheon meetings where I've met a client or two where we've met at a Toronto area uh, patio. We've followed all the social distancing and PPE rules, but, you know, at least having a chance to get out socialize. And I think as we've all found out, missing that social aspect, the human element yeah. of, uh, of, uh, of not having an office to go into, that's probably been the most challenging part. But Yeah, I found that the same. So, but... Uh... Um, and so you're you've been with them for how long now? I mean, you've been in the industry, I guess, for a while. Yeah, I've been in the industry for way too long, probably close to I don't know, 28, 25, 28 years, and with Hitachi for about three years. Great, so, uh, great company, great brand name, great culture, um, and really, and really, really good people. Yeah. So you're you're probably far too young to be thinking about retirement, but uh, any any thoughts on that? Oh, a lot of thoughts. And they're, just, they're just distant thoughts. But yeah. uh, no, given uh, given where I've still got some obligations to the kids and their schooling and other things, and yeah. I've got a number of bills piled up in front of me that yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm probably I would hazard to guess eight to ten years away from retirement. But yeah. um, I'm sure, like you, I know quite a few people that retirement is is imminent to some of my friends and it's interesting to hear them talk and watch and see what they go through everything from um you know planning it the retirement planning the financial aspect of it to you know actually doing it and then um you know experiencing what life is like post-retirement or at least what life is like in retirement right so. well what's next for you then like uh, obviously probably like most of us we don't really know with what's going on with uh, this is new world we're sort of handcuffed to our homes to work from here and uh, get out very little compared to what we used to and uh, uh, who knows what the future holds uh, but I mean I thought I'd ask the question have you got any thoughts on what uh, what's next for you Great question. Um, you know, there's this thing called the lotto, uh, the lottery. Yeah. Um, you you got the same retirement plan as me. We hope and we <laughs> hope and pray that the numbers come up. But no, do you know what? I mean, I think a lot of people. I'm in the same boat, obviously. That in terms of travel, vacationing, getting away, and that type of thing. Um, obviously, our hands are tied now. I was fortunate enough that I did get away down to the Caribbean back in February, late February. I think returned home on February 29th or. 28th after a week-long trip in the in the, um, in the Dominican, and then it was literally two and a half weeks later that the whole world got turned upside down. Yeah, it, it happened. Looking back, it happened pretty quick, didn't it? I think it was March 15th or March 17th, somewhere in there. It was the middle of March, so yeah. from a timing perspective, we got that in well. But um, no, nah, for me, it's you know what, just trying to uh, just trying to follow the rules, stay safe, stay healthy. 
I, you know, maybe I was a little naive, but I didn't think any one of my kids would get it. But now looking back, maybe I was naive or silly to think that the kid is moving out of the high school and university. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to be going to a few parties and lo and behold, he had it. I'm just lucky and fortunate that it was a very yeah. mild case. But no, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm with a lot of people and probably yourself that kind of a little anxious and a little nervous at the same time to see what the fall is going to bring because I think everybody is speaking to the second wave that appears to be upon us through my work. I do a lot of work with the Ministry of Health here in Ontario and I know the ministry believes that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen. Um, I do think they're going to be a lot more prepared certainly for wave two than they were for wave one. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think from what I'm hearing and seeing is um, you know, you may not see a total province-wide shutdown or lockdown as we did see uh, back several months ago, but I think similar to what we're seeing right now with respect to Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa, you may see lockdowns, you may see restrictions done more geographically or regionally as opposed to just a broad brush approach where, you know, Ford would shut down the entire province. You know, maybe he shuts down parts of southwestern Ontario, northern Ontario, or eastern Ontario, just based on the reporting numbers in terms of, you know, where the hotspots are. Yeah. No, so, I, I would think, uh, based on everything I'm hearing and seeing, that it is, uh, you know, I think we may have another shutdown come, uh, you know, end of October. I think they may just, if, it, if the numbers continue to climb, I think you might see another shutdown like we saw in early March, but... Who knows? Who knows? But uh, well, um, you know, we we do like to get out and, uh, occasionally to listen to some live music. Uh, we did get out to you know you follow uh, Dave Rave a bit, and uh, we've we certainly got out to uh, Breeze uh, recent we got, uh, country we festival. Her, we got out to see your daughter, yeah. which was fun, a couple yeah. few weeks ago with another mutual friend. In fact, I was laughing the other day because I was looking at that video. I took some video of you talking to the security guy, telling him to stay in his vehicle. I couldn't stop laughing at that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. He anyway. was driving around in that pimped out gosh, it was a big black SUV. I remember approaching him saying, Like, dude, are you US Secret Service? I mean, is this thing and he started laughing. He was a young guy. Yeah. He said it was his security company and you know, just poking poking fun at him out you yeah. know, that night where we yeah. were, where as you know, there was what there was a curfew that I think it was what it was seven o'clock or seven thirty. They said everybody's gotta get back into your car, which you know was a little kind of head scratching because we were all you know, we were more than six to ten feet away apart, but I guess that's a deal that they had cut with uh, with the region or with the municipality to host that event. But yeah, no, that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was a fun night. Well, I, I always like to, uh, you know, and thank you for coming on the podcast. I'd like to wind up my podcast and give you an opportunity to uh, uh, play a, your favorite favorite musical song. If you have a favorite, I will play it for you as we go out on the podcast because I like to like to do that so um I'll, I'll put you on the spot here but does anything come to mind oh gosh there's way too many of them um <laughs> you know being a being a bit of a sports fanatic it's got to be the uh, you know it's got to be the the maple leafs entrance song or the goal song or the acdc um you know the heavy metal pump you up um uh, what's the sign thunderstruck 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 okay yeah, there's going to be a good one so that'll speak to my personality no I've, I've got a wide varying eclectic yeah, you do you you do have I noticed that I mean that's one I guess you and I have that in common we both like uh, all types of music and so there's nothing that we predominantly uh, 
get caught you know up what, on. You know what? To answer your question, I've had a minute to think about it as a as a as a tribute to a dear friend, a guy that we both know, named Dave. Let's go with teenage heads. Let's shake. Let's shake. Okay. Let's shake. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. Eh? <laughs> uh, and uh, Dave. Dave's a good guy. He's a fellow. He's yeah. he's, a, he's 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 a fellow beer drinker, wine drinker, yeah. and yeah, we all like to get out with him every yeah. once in a while. Dave, Dave, Dave Raves, uh, he's just a real good good guy to, to know, and, and uh, he's uh, he's made a lifetime uh, lifelong career out of music, and he keeps it going. And uh, um, yeah, we'll we'll go out with Dave Rave. Let's shake, and uh, that's that's perfect. Um, cool. Anyways, I, I, thank you for coming on the podcast, Jody, and uh, we'll get together and have a have a cool one real soon. Thanks, enjoy doing this. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Cool. Thank you.